we are going to continue on with our series this morning. We, um, we're going to be doing this last week, but uh, now we're going to be doing it this week. Um, we're going to continue our series on a Christmas TV special, Christmas. Um, we're actually going to be showing a, a, some clips from a, a, of a show that I, I kind of doubt many of you have seen, um, so I'm kind of excited about it, um, but the title of our message really this morning is A Perplexing, Troubling Christmas. Now, um, in this, this scene, is it, it, it actually a, a movie, or it actually was a small television show, it's called um, The Small One. Now, what's funny about this is this is actually a Disney movie. You're going to actually see this and you're going to be very familiar if you watched any Disney movies at all with the drawing style of this. But this is actually from Disney. Um, obviously what you're going to be seeing over the course of this morning, um, I don't believe they would actually put this out now, but they did put it out then. And I want to kind of give you a little bit of, a, of an idea of what's happening here. This is going to be um, a, a portion of, of a movie or whatever that is going to take place uh, way back uh, in a, a little while ago. And uh, basically there's a little boy and a donkey and his father and they're having a discussion that's not going to be easy and it's going to be very difficult on the little boy Um, but I want to show you this clip and then we'll move into our message for this morning so Monica if you're ready let's go ahead and flip on the, the clip son are you aware that small one eats as much as the other donkeys well he has a big appetite That's what I'm trying to say, son. He can no longer carry a big enough load to pay for his food. He's just a little tired today. His strength will come back. No, he's old, my son. His strength is gone. We can't afford to keep him any longer. No, father, you don't mean that. I'm sorry, son, but tomorrow I must take small one to town and sell him. He'll bring a piece of silver. No, father, no! Can't sell him. Can't. Please, son, try to understand. Small one is old. He shouldn't have to work so hard. In the city, you'll have an easier life. You must be strong, my son. Father? Yes, son. Please, can I take him? Very well. You can leave in the morning and be home by nightfall. But understand. Small one must be sold. Yes, Father. (laughs) You know, Christmas is a wonderful time. Family, friends, being together, it's songs, it's presents, it's, it's smells, it's so many wonderful things, and it's so much to be joyful about and to enjoy. But you know what? For some people, Christmas is the hardest time of year. It hurts. They're lonely. They don't, they don't have people that they spend time with. It's, it's very difficult. And you know what? Sometimes in life, 
Things can get hard. Things can get troubling. Things can get perplexing. Things can happen that we don't understand. In this clip, we have a little boy who loves this donkey. It's his best friend. He calls him small one. And, and if I showed you the clip, you, you would see that, that they go off and they go off and they gather firewood with the donkeys. And there's big donkeys and there's this little one. And, and he's literally carrying his load for him because he loves him so much and he wants to, to, to help him. And, and so you, now you see this clip where the father says, listen, son, I know you're not going to understand this, but it's, you gotta, we're going to have to sell him. And the little boy, he, he's hurt and he's crying and he doesn't understand you know, I don't know about you, but in my life, my heavenly father has sometimes looked at me and he said, son, there's going to have to be some things that are going to have to happen. There's going to be some things that take place and it's not going to be easy. And I'll cry and I'll go, God, why? And I'll go, I don't understand. And, and I'll just, uh, you know, God will say, no, you need to trust me here. And it's so hard. It's so hard. And I don't know about you, but when that happens to me, I tend to have some misguided views of God. I tend to have some misguided views of the situation and the circumstances that I'm facing. And I tend to allow myself to, to miss really what God really wants to do and what God is doing. And this morning, what I want to talk about as we move into this time is to try to, how do we deal with this stuff? How do we, what, 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 what are those misguided views that we have at times when we don't understand when God is asking us to do something and we just can't figure it out. The first one I want to talk about is this. We trust in God's power, but we question his character. We, we, we trust his power, but we, we question his character. I put this up here because this is what I do a lot. I'll say this. I say, I believe God can, but I don't believe he will. That's what I'll do. That's, a, that's, a, that's not just a quote that's, that's in your notes. That's not just a quote. That, that's a quote from me. I'll do that a lot. I'll say, God, I, I know you have the power. Listen, God spoke the world into existence. Okay? He's got the power. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I don't believe all the time that he will. I trust in his power. But I say, God, you're not good enough to do this. You're not, you're not willing to do this. You're not going to help me. Look at Isaiah 41.10. It says this. This is important that you catch this. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and this is important, and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We always have this thought that, that God can, but I always look at it and say, God won't or God will. And here's the thing, and I've talked about this before. You come to me and say, Aaron, listen, I need you to pray and I need you to believe for me and help me believe that God is going to stop the sun, make it go around backwards, make the earth flip over and do a somersault. I will pray for you and believe for you all day long. But when it comes to my life, when it comes to saying, God, will you take care of me? God, will you do the things that you promised me? I know God can, but sometimes I don't think he will. He will. I, I don't know why we do that. But sometimes we have to remember that God can and not question his character. Because here's the thing you need to understand. Here's the main thing you need to understand from this. If God is powerful enough to change our circumstances, which he is, by the way, but doesn't, it must mean he is ordained, ordaining them for reasons we cannot see at the time. Listen, God can do whatever. God can snap his fingers, and if he had fingers, you get what I'm saying, and take care of it all and deal with it all and, and help it all. If he doesn't, there's a reason. 
Listen, we need to get to the understanding that, yes, we understand that God is all-powerful. God can do whatever, and that's a good thing to understand. But we also need to get to this place where we understand that God is a good, good Father. And He wants to help. And He wants to do. And if He has the power, which He does, and He doesn't, there's good reasons why He hasn't done that yet. There's good reasons, and we can't just learn and know about his power. We have to know his character. We have to know who he is. We have to understand that if God hasn't, there's a reason, and that reason is good. It's not God sitting there going, oh, I just really want to ruin your day, or oh, I just really have nothing better to do. It's him holding back those things because there's a reason why. But we begin to think that. We begin to, we trust the power of God, but we don't really know who he is. We don't really know who we are. And we miss it. Next, we give our own wisdom and understanding more credibility than we ought to. Basically, here's what I, when I put this down, here's what I thought. We thought, we think we're pretty smart. We think we know a lot of stuff. And look, I'm not saying that we don't have a certain degree of intelligence, Okay? But here's the thing. If I did, and I don't, so just, just go with this, okay? So don't come up here telling me you're going to do this later because I don't. If I had a $100 bill in my pocket and I said to you, I will give anyone a $100 bill if you can tell me exactly how you're going to be acting and doing whatever you're going to be doing at 3.04 today, it's your $100 bill. Could you do it? Now, listen, you may have an idea. You may, have a, you may go, oh, listen, okay, I can do that. I'm going to be at home wrapping presents. Okay, which one? Where are you going to be at in the process? What wrapping paper are you going to use? Which present are you going to be wrapping? You see, that's kind of our wisdom. We have a ballpark idea of what we think is going to happen. But here's the thing. What happens, and I hope this doesn't happen to anybody, by the way, but let's say you've got this all planned out. You're going to go home. You're going to wrap presents at 3.04. It's going to be set. What happens if you have a flat tire on the way home? You don't know what's happening. You don't know the big picture. You know a very, very finite understanding of the world and what's going on in it. God knows it all. God knows how all the puzzle pieces fit together. You know, I, I, I try really hard to do this. And sometimes I, I, I used to get really, really mad when I would be like, I, 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 I'll go to get in the car and I forgot something. You ever have that happen? Like, I'm, I'm trying to get someplace, i got to get to work, or i got to do, to do this, or pick up Easton, or whatever. And I'm like, i got to go get Easton, or whatever. And I go, I go and get into the car, get the car turned on, and then realize, I don't have my cell phone. Or I don't have the library books that we were going to go get and take back to the library with Easton. And I'll get so frustrated, and man, I'll get up, and I'll go, I'll huff and puff upstairs, grab the books. I can't believe I'm so dumb. I couldn't remember these silly books. And I'll throw them in the car, and then I'll get driving, and then I'll realize something. Maybe, just maybe, God's keeping me from something or helping me. Listen, I ride mountain bikes. And I came here, and I experienced this in Albuquerque. And when I came here, everybody said the same thing. Boy, you got to be careful when you're mountain biking. There's rattlesnakes. And there are. you got to be careful. And there's been times where I'll be riding, and something will happen. Somebody will get in my way, and they'll slow me down. And I'll get frustrated. Oh, man, why did they get in my way? Oh, come on, don't they know that I'm supposed to get past them? What's going on? And, I, and something, I'll literally think, God, you are keeping me from a rattlesnake. I can't see the future. I can't see tomorrow. Listen, I don't know what's really going to happen in five minutes from now. 
But we think our wisdom is so big. We think we understand it all. We think we've got it all. Really, guys, we don't know anything. Look at what Isaiah 55 says. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declared the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen, God doesn't just see today. He sees everything in the past. He sees everything today. He sees everything in the future. And not just in your life, but in every human being that's ever lived or will ever live. That's amazing. Listen, 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 I love a man's wisdom. It's great. It can be used and God does use it. But listen, what's going to change our lives is not your wisdom. It's God's. What is going to make a difference in your life is not you trying to figure it all out, but trusting God to help you. Listen, I had a conversation with my son just this week, and we were talking about something. I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about, but we were talking about something, and I made a comment to him, and he looked at me, and he said, yeah, and I, made, I literally looked at him and said, why do you believe that? And he said, because my dad told me so. He's five. I need to be more like my five-year-old. Because I don't do that. My God speaks to me. My father that knows everything, knows it all, will speak to me. I say, God, are you sure? I question him. I think I know better than God. Now, I want you to stop and think about the absurdity of that comment. And then realize that I'm not the only crazy one here. We all do this a lot. We think we know better. We think we got it all figured out. And that's not the way it is. We, we tend to try to make sense of God. We try to make sense of what he's doing and when he's doing it. We're trying to do all this with such a lack of understanding and all of the information. And this is something I try to remember. If God always acted in ways that made sense to us, that he certainly wouldn't have sent his sinless son to die in our place, offering us complete forgiveness and righteousness freely through Christ. Seriously, does that make sense? God. God. Holy, holy, holy. Majesty speaks, galaxies formed. Okay, that guy says, listen, you are worth the death of my only son. That does not make sense to me. Because listen, I know who I am. I know how much I fail. I know that in some ways I look at God and I go, God, I'm not, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not even close to this. You know how many people I've met over my life that, that have, when I tell them the story of Jesus or when they hear the story of Jesus, the, the one thing, they just cannot comprehend how a God as great as we describe him to be would even care that we exist. They can't get their head around that doesn't make sense. And my response is always the same. Listen, your ways are not God's ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God didn't ask you to understand. God didn't tell you, listen, to get my grace and to get my forgiveness, you got to figure it all out. He simply said you have to obey and trust and accept. That's what he wants from us. Sometimes we think we can get it all figured out. And when we can't, and when we get frustrated because it doesn't make sense, we get angry. We get frustrated. And we miss what God truly wants to do in our lives. Number three. When we view God's, we view God's promises with a short-term view rather than an eternal one. 
This is one of those things that I want to I work on in my own life. I hope you want to work on it in yours. Is this understanding that God doesn't look at time the same way you do. Okay? God doesn't look at things the way we do. And this kind of goes into the wisdom thing, but it's a little bit different. And we have to understand that. Okay? God is not looking at a small term view. Listen. I remember I watched this movie once. It was called, it was, it was a long time ago. It was called um, Bruce, uh, Bruce Al, uh, Almighty. Is that what it was? Everybody kind of shake it? Okay, good. Bruce Almighty. And in this, in this movie, basically the guy gets to be God or gets God's powers or something weird like that. And there's this scene in it where basically he's, he's, he's getting all the prayers that are coming to him. And his response is this, yes to everything. And then later on that evening, they show the news and they say, 10 million people won the lottery tonight. Everyone's payout, $3.42. Now, 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 don't raise your hand here, okay? But let's, let's be honest with each other, okay? You may have sat there in your life at one time or another, especially recently, okay? You know, it's recently when it's like the lottery is like crazy, crazy a lot. And you kind of daydream, like... God, and I've actually told this to people, I've kind of joked about it. It's like, God, I don't play the lottery. But if somehow you want to magically make a lottery ticket float in my hand and basically help me to win the lottery, oh God, do you know how many orphanages I'm going to build in Africa? And we talk, oh God, if you just do this, or God, if, oh, if you just do that, oh, I'm going to do this, and oh, I'm going to do that. Do you realize something? You realize that God in his infinite wisdom knows that that may help you in the short term, but it may be negative you in your eternal destiny. You see that God understands that about us. God doesn't look at the short term and say, okay, I'm going to do this because this is going to feel good right now. And not, I'm not going to do this if it feels good right now because I'm more interested in the eternal. I'm going to be more interested in the eternal destiny that we're facing. Listen, sometimes God is going to do things and it's going to hurt and we're not going to understand. And we're going to sit there and we're going to go, God, I don't get it. God, this hurts. God, I don't like this. And you're seeing it in a short-term view where God is like, listen, you're going to grow through this. Look, you're going to be used in this. I can't tell you how many times things have happened in my life. And I'm like, God, why? God, I don't like this. God, this isn't fun. And then a year, two years, 10 years later, I have a youth or an adult sitting in my office saying, I don't understand why this happened. And I'm just sitting there, my mouth drops right open. And I go, oh, that's why I went through that. Because I love to be able to look and say, listen, I don't have to act like I know where you're at. I have literally been where you are at. Sometimes that's what God does. You see, God understands that this world and this life is a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And God is more interested in the eternal picture. Now, we have a hard time with that because we have a hard time really understanding eternity. Once again, back to that understanding of God's understanding and wisdom and knowledge being so much greater than ours. But Jesus told a story about a man who received really, really good things in his life and a beggar who received very, very poor things in his life. And basically in this story, which has many, many different facets, he explains his understanding that, listen... 
Listen, what's more important in life in times is not the life that you're experiencing right now. It's the eternal life. It's the eternal destiny. And listen, if we're going to make a difference in our families, in our community, and helping them understand Christ and understand who he is, listen to me, you're going to have to get out of that mindset that's short term. Because here's the thing. No matter where you're at, no matter what excuses you give, when you look at the eternal destiny of people, there is no excuse you can give me that's worth saying, I'm not going to share Christ with them. I'm not going to make a difference in their life. I'm not going to love them the way Jesus did. There's not a single one. But see, we look at it and we go, but, but, but they may laugh at me, or that they may not like that, or that they may not be okay with that, or I've got to be politically correct, or whatever it may be. And we fail to understand the impact. We look so short term. And God doesn't look at that. Listen, this is going to sound weird and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But I have a view on healing, okay? And my view on healing is that the Bible says very clearly, by his stripes we are healed, okay? It doesn't say you might be. doesn't say you could be. It says we are healed, Now, what do you do when somebody comes to me and says, well, we we prayed for so-and-so and and they died of cancer. Yep. Where are they now? Well, they're in heaven. They're with Jesus. They're in glory. Guess what? They got the most ultimate healing they ever had. God healed them. But see, we look short-term. We say short promises. We say healing to us means that that individual who's dying of cancer is going to not die of cancer. Where God says, listen, listen, this isn't death. This is a promotion. This isn't simply the healing of a cancerous cell in a body. It's a rebirth. It's a brand new start. It's everything. The tears are wiped away and all the beauty happens. What an unbelievable healing. God heals every day. He just doesn't heal sometimes the way we want him to then that goes back to our understanding of his ways being higher. God heals. God works. God moves. But sometimes we have a hard time with that because we see things in such short-term views. This journey, this is the journey of faith. Okay, It is a journey that we're on. Letting go of our own will and submitting ourselves to the timeline. Wait, I jumped ahead. Let me go back to Psalms. Sorry about that. I missed the verse. Thank you, Monica. Psalms 37. It says, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him. And this is important. And he will act. He will bring forth righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And then this is important. This is verse number seven now. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out his evil devices. Now, there's two parts of this that we need to understand. First and foremost is God will act. Okay? He will act. But it's going to be on his timeline. Okay? Listen, you don't know it all. You don't know what God wants to do. God is going to act, but we've got to wait patiently for him. We need to be aware that sometimes God is going to do things in a time, in a place that we don't understand. But he will act. Now let's go ahead. Thank you, Monica. This is the journey of faith. Letting go of our own will and submitting ourselves to the timeline, direction, and the will of the Lord instead. Okay? This is the journey that we're trying to get on. This is the the movement that we're trying to get. We're trying to get to that place where we really do believe that God knows best. That we really do believe that our wisdom is great, but God's wisdom is so much higher. 
And so, God, we trust that you'll act. God, we trust that you will help us. God, we trust that you will do what you promised you would do. But we also trust that your timing is perfect. And sometimes that's hard for us. Sometimes it's difficult for us. Because we're not always in a fun, easy place. We're like that little boy crying over our donkey, saying, God, why? I don't understand. And we want God to snap his fingers and do something. But sometimes that faith journey that we're on is helping us to grow. And we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. So with all that, the final concept, the final thing we need to look at is this. So why does God allow confusing and troubling circumstances in our lives? Why does God do this? You know, I don't know, I don't know about you. I know that for me, that's been a question of my life. God, why? God, why, why this? God, why that? Why is there war? Why is there hurting people? Why is, you know, and, and, or why, why do Christians respond in this way? Why do we not do a better job here? Why do I respond in anger? Why, 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 why? And some of those questions are, are questions about myself. Some of them are about the world or, or why God allows that. You know, I, I feel like our world today, in, in the culture that we live in, there's so many people that are asking the word why. Why? Why this? Why that? Why why is this the way it is? Why is that the way it is? And, and, and we have a really hard time with that. And we have a hard time with it mainly because basically of these three things, that, these misguided views that we have. And we sit there and we ask why. And here, let me explain something to you. Sometimes God will answer your whys. Sometimes he will. But listen, God doesn't owe you an explanation, Okay? God's love for you does not mean that he owes you an explanation of your, your current circumstances. Now, sometimes he will. And when that happens, it's great. But sometimes he doesn't. And it's hard. But when he does, it really can be a big, important thing. We're going to see how the story ends. Obviously, the little boy, let me kind of give you a little idea here. He does take small one to the market. He, he, he gets tricked into, you know, almost taking him to basically the tanner, which he runs out panicking. He, he meets people that, that mistreat him and mistreat his donkey. It's, it's a very traumatic, hard experience. I'm sure that little boy was just sitting there in the process of this going, I can't believe my father's making me do this. Number one, I'm having to sell this animal that I love, and now everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Every, every person that could be horribly, terribly mean to me is being that way. I just can't believe that my father would put me through this. I can't believe my dad, who says he loves me and, and says he wants the best for me and, and says he's a good dad, would do this to me. And we find the little boy in tears. Monica, you want to... Please, if you're ready, let's go ahead and roll that very last clip. small donkey. I need 
eat a gentle donkey to carry my wife to Bethlehem. Is he for sale? Yes, sir. What do you call him? Small one. Small one? Well, he looks strong enough. And kind. <laughs> I can only offer you one silver coin. I know that's very little. No, that's fine. I just want small one to have a good home. Well, my son, he will have. Take good care of him. Goodbye, small one. Be strong and sure of foot and follow your new master. Come along, small one. Come along. I don't like to stand up here and make promises that I don't feel like God keeps. But I can make this one pretty confidently because he made it way before I did. There's a plan. And his plan is good. You know, sometimes we, we look at our lives and we, we get so focused on the pain and the hurt and the frustration that we forget that. We forget that sometimes God is going to ask us to sell our donkey because somebody's got to get to Bethlehem. Somebody's got to get to Bethlehem. And sometimes we have to realize that that pain and that hurt and that week that was so hard, where it seemed like everything just went wrong, 
that God still got us. Because what's beautiful about that story is not just the fact that Mary gets to Bethlehem. It's that the little boy walks away and he's okay. He walks away and yeah, of course he's sad. Yeah, but he also knows that that, that small one is where he belongs. Small one is going to be taken care of. That God is going to use that circumstance to make a difference. And look, he doesn't know. That little boy doesn't understand who he's talking to. He doesn't understand that that mother is going to take that little child and it's going to be born and that we're going to celebrate it thousands of years later. He doesn't know. But I'll tell you this. He trusts his father like he never had before. He looks at his dad and says, gosh, dad, that, that, that hurt, God, that hurt, dad, that was difficult. But, 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 but dad, he got taken care of. And look, I wish I could promise you, I wish I could say, listen, every situation in your life, every heartache, every moment of pain, every, dif- dis- every goodbye, everything that takes place, I wish I could tell you there is going to be that moment in your life on this earth. But there won't be. Because if there was, we wouldn't grow in our faith. We wouldn't grow in our trust. We wouldn't be able to look at God when things happen and say, God, I trust you. But here's the thing. Here's what I believe God does. There are times where we get to have that moment. There are times where God will say, okay, I want to show you. And here's what's beautiful. I truly believe this. And it may have only been one time in your life but I think I can stand pretty confidently that it's happened multiple times. You've had moments like that, and you've forgotten them. You've allowed the short-term view of your present situation to keep you blinded of what God has done for you and will do for you. Listen, I know this sounds weird, but I am sure glad that we're going to have eternity with God because I think, and I know I won't do this because when I get there, I'm not going to care anymore, but I think I'm going to need eternity for Jesus to explain himself to me. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know, why did that happen? Why did she do this? Why did he do that? Why did I do that? Why did you allow this to happen? And I got a feeling we're going to get there and we're going to go, who cares? But you know, we're all, we all have questions. We all have that why. We all want to know what God is doing and why God is doing it. And sometimes we just have to get to that place that basically says, God, I don't always know. All. I won't always understand. God, I don't always see. But God, I am going to trust and I'm going to believe that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what situation I'm facing, I'm going to believe that you're going to take the donkeys in my life and the confusion and the perplexities and the trouble and all those things. And you are going to get somebody to Bethlehem that desperately needs to get there. And look... Maybe your moment doesn't change literally the course of human history. But I believe with all my heart it'll change lives. And when we can get the focus off of ourselves and get the focus on knowing, knowing that God is going to use these moments to change the world, everything can change. Circumstances that perplex us often take us to new depths of faith. They challenge us to trust solely in the promises of God rather than creating Him into a God of our own design in order to make sense of what perplex us. 
And one of the most beautiful and God-glorifying pictures of faith is when a believer has no earthly evidence to fall back on, but trusts firmly in the Father. If the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close. You know, it's, it's, I like it very, very much when, um, when God is sharing something with me and, and you know, and, and then begins to share it with Emily and then begins to share it with others. And then, and then John, who we hadn't talked about this, he begins to feel like God is, is, is leading him in, in this direction. And, and it's quite simply this. Listen, um, there's some of you that are not doing well. There are some of you that had a really rough week. I, I shouldn't have to spell that out. I think God has been very, very clear in that. And I know it hurts, okay? And I'm not here to belittle your pain. I'm not here to say, just get over it, because I don't think that's what God would have us do. God gave us emotions, and we, we express things, and we feel things. And that's not the problem. The problem is not feeling hurt and pain at times. The problem is, is when we allow that hurt and pain to blind us from the promises and the truth of our Father. So... I know some of you are, are going through some stuff. I know some, there's some hurt and there's some disappointment. And, and I know that for some of you, this time of year makes that even more difficult. And then for you, it's not a holly jolly Christmas. It's, it's a troubling, perplexing, hurting, disappointing Christmas. And it hurts. And the scripture doesn't say to go to those that are hurting and basically say, get over it. It says we weep with those that weep and we rejoice with those that rejoice. So we're not looking at you or me or, and we're not sitting here saying, oh boy, you need to get with the program. How dare you not trust God more? No, 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 no. We'll cry with you. I'll cry with you. I obviously don't have an issue with that. But what I do want us to understand is even in the midst of that hurt, there's a plan. You can trust your Father. Because sometimes, God's going to ask you to do things you don't understand. He's going to ask you to give up things that you love very, very much. He's going to ask you, say, hey, listen, that son of yours, that's the promise. I want you to take him to this mountaintop. I want you to make me an altar. I want you to lay your only son that you've been waiting for for a long time. I want you to lay him there. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. Listen, I'm just going to be honest. and I, I don't think this should come as a surprise. I looked at God and said, no way. No way. God, strike me dead, but I am not. No. Mm-mm. The Bible says that Abraham got up early the next morning. He took his son and he placed him on that altar. He never questioned. He never, he, his son looks at him and he says, Dad, we got the rocks, we got the sticks, we got the fire. We don't have a sacrifice. What are we going to do? Abraham's response, God will provide the sacrifice. Good. Gracious. I said, son, 
God is going to get run. Go. Get out. I didn't say. God's going to provide this. Scripture records that he took, forget raising the knife. He put the knife in his hand. And he raised it above his son. And God said, stop. You know what's amazing about that story? God stopped Abraham, but he didn't stop himself from offering his own son for us. If there was ever a man who could have looked at God and said, God, I don't understand. God, I don't want to do this. God, this isn't worth it. God, they're not worth it. It would have been his own son. But his response is, God, not my will, but your will be done. And he offered himself. He laid down his life. And it hurt. (laughs) And he did it. What scriptures say, if not for the joy set before him, the joy that was set before Jesus, because of that joy, because he trusted his father, because he believed on what was coming, because he knew his father was good, because he knew that God wasn't just powerful, but that he was good, he laid himself down for us. The joy set before him. Listen, you've got to understand something. There is also joy set before us. But you're going to have to get your mind off of the focus right here, right now kind of moment. Because this life is going to be hard and it's going to be difficult. But here's the thing. You know what's joyful to me? Joyful to me is going through my circumstances, which hurt, which are hard. But looking at it and saying, but you know what, God? There are going to be people that are going to be in eternity because of this moment. There are going to be people that are going to be in eternity and going to know more about you and experience more about you. Because of this moment, I'm not going to allow myself to focus right here. I'm going to see eternity. I'm not going to focus on these little moments that hurt. I'm going to focus on the bigger picture and say, God, you have a plan and your plan is good. But let's just be honest. It's one of the hardest things we have to do. So let's pray. I want to pray over you and pray with you. But now it's time to be honest, okay? Because the thing is, God didn't send me an email this week, okay? Or last week. But I know people are going through some hard stuff. Whether you know it or not, it's written on your face. And God has been speaking very, very clearly this morning very clearly through what he spoke through John through this entire message and this message and this thing has been all about God's love for you that God has not left you he has not abandoned you that he loves you and he's growing us and he's growing you and yeah this moment may be hard But God is going to do amazing things. Listen, you're going to have growing pains if you're going to grow. You're going to have moments of pain if you're going to grow in your faith. It's why so many people don't do it. It's too hard. It hurts sometimes too much. But God's working. And so today, you don't need to walk out of here perplexed. You don't need to walk out of here troubled. You don't need to walk out of here even, but you need to understand this. You don't even need to walk out of here with all the answers. 
You need to walk out of here with a new understanding of your father and how much he loves you and that his promises are yes and amen. That's what you got to do. That's what God wants to do. No matter how good or how poor your week is, God is still on the throne. His plans will still happen and his plans for you are good. And it's time we embraced those promises over the pain. It's time we embraced those truths over how we're feeling. We can still hurt, we can still cry, but we can't let those feelings be greater than the promises of our Father. Because who knows? Maybe your tears, maybe your moment is getting somebody to Bethlehem who desperately needs to get there. So Father, right now, Father, I pray peace over every individual here. Father, I'm not praying that they need to just get over it. I'm not praying that they shouldn't hurt or cry or have moments where it hurts. Father, that's not what I believe you're asking of us. I think what you're asking is of when we have those moments, when we are hurting, when we are crying, we run to you. We run to you. And we don't run to you and demand answers. We don't run to you and say, I don't trust you. God, you failed me. No, we run to you and say, Dad, can you just hold me for a little bit? Dad, I don't get it, but I trust you. We look at you as a child looks at his father and says, you know what, Dad? You said it, I believe it. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around me. And sometimes, God, that is so hard. And we've got to have your help. So, Father, I pray for that, and also I pray for growth. God, I pray that we would use these moments. And, God, maybe this is one of those moments where in a moment, in a time, you're going to say, let me show you. Let me show you why you went through that. Let me explain to you. And those moments, God, they're so awesome. God, I believe those have happened to all of us. Let us remember those. Let us hold on to those as examples that you won't fail us. You never will fail us and you're never going to leave us. But God, if this is one of those times where we will not know until eternity, Father, I pray that we would grab a hold of you and your promises for us, that you do love us, you do have a plan, and that you're a good father, and that you love your kids. And that, Father, you don't allow anything into our lives that we cannot overcome with your help. Nothing. We can do this, but we can only do this with you. So we run to you, acknowledge our weakness, and say, God, I don't get it. I don't always understand, but I just fall in your love, fall in your peace, fall in your plan. Because I know that when my dad says it, it's true.